You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. My name is Steve Littman, joined as uh, I, uh, by Dan Rapone. Uh, welcome to another episode. Uh, Dan, how are you? Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Today's Thanksgiving. Nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm doing pretty well. It's nice to uh, not be setting alarms lately as I uh, get on a bit of a break, so can't complain. Dan, what's your favorite food at Thanksgiving? Well, you know, I'm terrible about food. I do. Um, so, you know, like, nice, like, pineapple stuffing or, like... What? Or the kugel, because we have a kugel at our Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> I don't eat a lot of food. So, I've What's never had stuffing before in my life. Never once. Ever. I've never even heard of pineapple I don't stuffing. think I've had the real stuffing. The pineapple stuffing is, like, a sweet stuffing. It's, like, a dessert. So... Um, I, uh, a few Thanksgivings ago, I tried to make candied sweet potatoes and didn't go well. I, I burned the marshmallow and I was stressed out about it and it was really bad. And, um, but my mom makes matzo ball soup for like any family gathering. So we will have that with, uh, with, uh, our Thanksgiving meal without Fair a doubt. Um, now, is, like, is I reinvited this year. Of course. Well, he never misses a, a, yeah. a holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. And he loves the matzo ball soup. He's Jewish, we'll, so. We'll get to him. Well, he's a Semite, you know, yes. so he can't be anti-Semitic. Great. I'm glad we got to him early <laughs> and often. End of the show. All right. Um, we'll, we'll hop around here on the show because we have to get to the win of the year uh, for the Sixers, which was over Ben Simmons and the Nets. Now, since we last did a podcast Joel Embiid is hurt he has a I believe a sprained foot was Maxi hurt the last time we did a pod uh Maxi mm, no. I don't think he was no he got hurt in the first half of the Bucks game he got hurt Which in the first half of the Bucks game right so the official injuries um Maxi has a small fracture of a bone in his foot and they say that's three to four weeks um, Joel has a sprained foot. They only officially ruled him out for the two games that just happened, which were the Nets game and the Hornets game. It sounds like it'll be more than that. Um, we don't exactly know how much that'll be, um, but they'll be cautious with it. But uh, well, apparently, Doc was talking about him and Harden coming back at the same time, which could be beginning of January. So beginning of December. De- um, December is what I meant to say. Both right. Cold, so you know, 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, but anyway, so I don't know about you. you. You tell me just on this. When it was going to be just Joel and the other guys against the Nets in Ben's return, I was really like not looking forward to it because I didn't want Joel on the court to lose to Ben and the Nets. Like I, I, I was like not down for that. I, I almost wanted them to rest him and just punt the game. And just be like, we'll see you in January when everybody can play. Because I was worried about Joel on the court against Ben and the Nets winning. Not that I'm scared of Ben being particularly good, but just that like Durant and fucking the anti-Semite and like all of that. Like, I don't need that. And I don't need Joel on the court for that. So when they said Joel was out, of course, I the first thing I want is him to be okay, just like in general for the season. But the next thing I'm thinking is like, all right, great forget the game they'll lose the game and we'll just move on they'll boo ben but then like it'll just be a wash so like what was your thinking in terms of that like did you think that did you want you know joel to you know now they just sort of they're very competitive whenever joel plays so were you not thinking that way yeah i wasn't really thinking that way i mean i read your piece today um good as always but i'm not sure i agreed on the um on the on that mindset just because you know, I was looking forward to, and Claxton ended up playing, but there was, you know, a point before the game where was, the thought was Joel was going to play. We didn't know about this injury. And there was, Claxton might be out. Oh, and, yeah, that would have been fun, right. If and if he had been, it was going to be Ben at starting center. And really, I mean, go. we've talked about this for a while, but we saw it in the second half of that game. Ben at the five really doesn't work. I mean, obviously, he doesn't fit well with Claxton um, on offense because they're both you know, non-shooters, but defensively, you know, you're not maximizing Ben's best skill when you put him at the five, which is perimeter defense. He's not a good interior defender. He's not that good of a rebounder for, for, for a, for a center. He's just a bad rebounder and he's outsized there. Um, and he's not overly physical to make up for it. So, um, I thought it would have been really fun to see MB go against him at center and, and, you know, obviously they would have sent a ton of help, but, um, I thought that would have been entertaining, but it was still, I yeah. mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought they didn't have a great chance to win the game. Obviously, I mean, you never know, but it obviously didn't seem like a game they should win, um, except for the fact that the Nets effort continues to be dog shit and uh, they were able to win. And, you know, one thing I really liked from these last few games, um, you know, I would say every game this week, I mean, they went two and two, but but really every game this week is that you're seeing, and, you know, I talked about this a, a few weeks ago for a reason. I was very down on the team. You're seeing the team, A, locked in defensively, and B, really giving a lot of effort. And, like, that extends to, you know, the role guys. Joel was making more of an effort to, uh, you know, kind of show, I think, more engagement, you know, not show when he's down, Um and I hope that continues because that's really going to help the team. So I, you know, two and two week, but, um, you know, I, I thought there were some encouraging things and, and I would have liked to see Joel get to go against, you know, those net teams, but it just makes it all the funnier that we, we won without, you know, our three best players. And really, you know, Tobias, you know, we thought he was going to be out too because he got, you know, he hurt his ankle and he ended up coming back in, but it, it was almost like without our four best players, and Tobias was able to come back. He played well, and a lot of guys played well. But it was just kind of a funny thing. It was so great. Uh, I love that game so much. I mean, I really thought, uh, especially when Joel went out, that they were going to get 
beaten by a lot. And, and, you know, the crowd reaction, I don't think was that great because that was the thing. Like the three best guys are out. Like there's no Joel to get them into it. There's no Maxi who everybody adores. Like there's no Harden, you know, yeah, I, I just think the game didn't have the teeth at the beginning. And then when they were really into it, as it got closer to halftime, it was like, wow, we can actually win. And of course they fucking hate Ben. Um, you know, I wanted to, yeah, they, he got them chicken. Um, it'll never not be the funniest thing in the world that Ben did a shrug to the crowd after he made two free throws. <laughs> Tremendous. Shushed him after he missed the layup and beat the putback. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Just lack of self, self-awareness. I have to say, you know, the, the broadcast was pissing me off. Well, oh. first of all, I, I love Candace Parker. I do. This isn't yeah. about her. Stan Van Gundy is so damn annoying and talk to be, you know, in a game that the Sixers are not supposed to be in, that they're dead in, like have the lead in. And he's talking about, oh, you know, the crowd, this is a bad night in terms of booze for the crowd. Like, dude, shut up. Like, that's not what the game is about. Can we talk about the basketball game? And like, you know, I've, I've talked about it, right? Like I talked about it because I went to the home opener and like, it was a little dead in there. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. maybe there's not great energy around the Sixers right now. And that's kind of something they have to earn back. Right. Because I, I, you know, like I said, I've said on previous pods, like the effort has not been there with this team. The showing you care has not been there with this team. I actually think it's getting there, but you have to kind of, I think you have to earn that back. You have to earn the fans passion back, but who cares, dude? Like it's not even Ben's true first game back. It's his first game playing, but he's been back in this arena. He's been booed here. Like we're playing without our three best players. Like it's just not the point of the game. It was so annoying to like, and, and, you know, if if it had become the whole theme of the game is that Ben got such a, you know, nasty reception, then it would have been everyone else saying, like, oh, those Phillies fans, you know, the Philly fans are so, you know, they don't understand mental health. They're just a bunch of jerks. They they don't know what Ben's been through. They bullied him. They pushed him out. Like, it's just a no-win situation. I'm so right. – the, the, the broadcast should not have – unless something, like, really crazy is happening – the broadcast should be able to just talk about the game and, and shouldn't have to comment on whether they think the booze are up to par. Like, come on. You know, there was uh, a lot of key contributors for the Sixers. Bebo Paul, tremendous, excellent game. George Niang, I love. I love him so much. Uh, he sends an elbow into Ben's rib cage. Great. Um, ben certainly embellished it. But, um, and then... You know, after Ben splits the free throws, they're yelling at each other. I thought that was great. Um, he was in Durant's face the whole game. <laughs> in Durant's face. I mean, George, I mean, the guy's just fucking relentless. I love him. Um, Anthony Melton's so good. I mean, he's so good every game. And he stepped up so much with the guys out in the backcourt. Uh, Shake has totally found it and, and has been really impressive. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens when he goes back to coming off the bench, but he's been great. Um, and you you mentioned just a huge second half from Tobias, who I thought was terrible in the first half and completely missing in action, but he, he made huge shots in the second That's half. Some classic Tobias miss layups in the first half. Right. And really came back and looked good. P.J. Tucker's defense was awesome in this game uh, on Durant, and then whenever he was switched on to Irving, he was great. Um couldn't make a shot, but, but you know what? Against the Hornets, absolutely lit it up, babe. He splashed a corner three, 
and that is good for three points. So he blew the doors off the over-under of zero. So His uh, first three points in the last five games. Absolutely. Lighting it up, P.J. Tucker. So um, it was just a, it was a tremendous win to just send, send Ben and the Nets home in a game that they just had no business losing. And it just sort of illustrates how soulless and gross they are. And I did want to tell the fans, like, you know, uh, all, the booing Ben is very deserved and great, but just don't forget to boo Kyrie as well. Because, like, you know, they're, they're, you know, while we're at it, you know, there's there's somebody else there who certainly deserves the booze. So I think someone who who much more deserves the booze, absolutely, yeah. because of fandom is much less going to get them. I know he's he's uh, less top of mind because it's less Philadelphia centric, but. Um, yeah but a way worse person (laughs) way worse you know big time um all right anything else from from brooklyn before we get to uh, anything that we have for charlotte no i mean i think it was great we covered most of it it was a great great win really i mean what a win having such a good game that he was just like i don't know i'll try to dribble dribble some and and try to score this layup and then it's just like no that can't happen we only, you know, we went two and two this week, like like we said, but the two wins really were two of the bigger wins of the yes. season so far. Um, yeah. It was really enjoyable wins. Games that, you know, with the guys out, with the teams we were playing, really didn't felt like we had business winning. And I think, you know, it was great to see our, our bench guys step up, but, you know, the Nets game maybe feels a bit more about the Nets. They're so, yeah, they're such a mess. Um the Bucks win, I thought, you know, with Joel there, um, obviously, you know, still no Middleton, still no Harden for us, and then, you know, no Maxi in the second half. Um, but I thought, you know, Joel played really well. The defense on Giannis was really good, just like the team defense. Um, and that one I thought was more, wow, the Sixers looked really good like mm-hmm. like we're really going in the right direction more so than the nest game i enjoyed them both a ton two great wins but um that bucks game was a lot of fun that I, I thought that was a really enjoyable game you know lopez is a great defender and gives you a lot of trouble but you just made really big shots down the stretch and great passes down the stretch too which is really hard to do um, i mean he had an, another what seven or eight assists again like yeah and just playing really under control and, and smart basketball. And uh, I think that was another really good Melton game. And, um, you know, just to, to beat that Bucks team with Giannis and, and Holiday and, and Lopez. And that was a great win. Um, and we might, as well, we might as well do it now. Um, after the game, how do, we, how do we get into this? So part of, part of the story of that game is that Giannis – uh, shot like shit from the free throw line. Now this game was played in Philadelphia. After the game, Giannis decides that he wants to get in work at the free throw line and work on his <laughs> on his free throws. He was like, "I didn't miss enough to know. Let me go miss some more." Right, and a lot of clips are going around, but a lot his first handful of, of free throws that he was attempting alone after the game were like air balls, and people drunk Philadelphians are screaming at him about how much he's airballing these free throws. So I think that adds to his frustration. So Montrez Harrell, in his true only role on this team, what it should be, comes out and he's like, I don't fucking like 
this guy warming up, like like getting working on a court. I don't like him. And he, tell me if I'm getting the uh, chronology of this wrong at all, but he comes up and Giannis is shooting. He's yelling at him. He makes a shot and he just takes the ball from, from out there and he tells him, get the fuck off the court. Get off the court. I don't like it. Get out of here. And Giannis is like, can I have the ball back? And, and, and apparently Giannis is saying, we can shoot together. Montrez is like, I don't think you understand. I don't fucking like you. I want you to leave and get off the court. So Montrez goes to the other end of the court. Giannis goes into the locker room and is upset. Montrez is shooting with a Sixers assistant coach. Giannis comes back out. He found a basketball. He might have gone to Models, but he got a basketball. He comes back out. And at this point, there's a ladder underneath the basketball court because a couple uh, fellas are trying to take down the cameras so that they can go home to their families and move on with their lives because there's cameras on top of the because it's friday night (laughs) it's a shabbat come on and they're trying to go home and Giannis goes i was just here i was shooting i'm rather recognizable i was shooting i went to get another basketball this guy with the dreadlocks took my basketball he has it over there but i'd like to go back to shooting and they go no i have to get home and they he pushes the ladder out of the way they go no and they put it back ballsy ballsy move <laughs> that was my favorite part he pushes it like a foot out of the way and the guys go nah we have to do this and then they put it right back i love it and then Giannis shoves it with all his might and it smashes on the ground i saw somebody's tweet i, I wish i remembered it who said i would have ran underneath that ladder so quick to like get a lawsuit and sue him for all he's worth it's great um and then Giannis resumes shooting free throws uh at some point Giannis's brother who um they gave a roster spot to comes out Anassis right and talks to Montrez and Montrez tells him pretty (laughs) sternly I'll beat the shit out of you (laughs) Tanassis wanted to like talk through it and Montrez was like buddy I'm in no mood I'll fuck you up right now um you know both guys think they're right of course and uh uh, said that uh he just wanted to get work in and they were not being accommodating to him and it's no big deal and and he didn't do anything wrong montrez tweeted after the game a make sure you get the complete story i asked the man can he get off the court so i can work out they had to change the court over so he ignore me so hey that's what you get respect is respect good night um they did have to change a court over because they did like the city edition court for the Minnesota game the following night. I absolutely adore this whole thing, top to bottom. I wouldn't change a word of it. I think everybody exa- acted in the exact way I would have wanted them to act, and I wouldn't change it at all. It's such a long season, and it has been mostly a horrible year in every possible way, and I loved it completely. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, Obviously, it was like Harold pushing Giannis's buttons a bit. Um, obviously, not necessary. Um, it's kind of funny, whatever. Um, I think that when it's two NBA guys like going at it, that's one thing. Like Montrez trying to piss him off, you know. Um, I think Giannis acting poorly towards the stadium workers is very 
like unbecoming like he likes to portray i mean and listen everyone has bad moments i'm not saying that this makes him a bad person or anything that he this is a bad moment for him like you know he portrays himself as this very you know um amicable guy and you know he is that a word amiable yeah amiable. yeah amiable there's that too amicable you know what we do have a fill-in guest here can we have the unnamed person uh look up this uh this uh issue here english is my second language so i'm gonna refer to google english is barely her second language she loves that excuse when she doesn't know stuff yeah, i mean to be fair people. i i don't know should we, listen should we name this person or do we think we yeah this is this is andrea this is the girl um this is the yeah, girl. amicable right. it's, it's amicable um so yeah well, i mean what do i know i don't i don't know stuff plus i mean come on give me a break it's late um and you know i think he is likable in some ways but um you know not a good moment like the stadium workers, I'm sure, just wanted to go home. They're just trying to do their job. The stadium isn't even owned by the Sixers, which I think is a funny part of it. It's not like the Sixers weren't, you know, letting him work out after the game. Like the Sixers rent the arena. Like they, right. they don't, they don't own it. Um, so it's not even a Sixers thing. And um, you know, it was a bad look. You, you shoved the ladder down, and someone, someone could have gotten hurt, and it was. No, no poor, treat, like... poor treatment of the stadium workers. Um, you know, I'm not going to make it something bigger than it is. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything, but it was a bad moment for him. And um, He was obviously, people don't want to acknowledge it, but he was definitely in the wrong there. Alan Horowitz had Pilates scheduled at midnight, so they really had to get out of there soon. All right. Um, why don't we go to a break now? Um, oh, and and just you know mantras that's that's what you do buddy just get in fights and annoy people on the other team from the sidelines or after the game it's wonderful that's what i need from you okay before we go to a break can i just say please amicable and amiable seem to mean almost the same thing okay well listen it's no problem with me just don't take it out on the staff here we're gonna go to a break and when we come back, we've got uh, more to discuss. Here's a break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. So Sixers played Charlotte 
the second night of back-to-back. Um, I think they just sort of ran out of juice at the end there. The legs were tired after the Brooklyn win. Obviously, sort of a letdown after such an emotional game there. Uh, ooh, Dan? Okay, so it seems amicable. It's more to refer to situations. Yep. You know, like, there was, like, the, the situation turned out peacefully. It was amicable. Whereas amiable is, like, a person who is friendly or agreeable. So I meant amiable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue with the real stuff. Do you, want to, do you want to do any more on that or no? Are we good? I think that's it. Okay. All right. Are you sure? Never sure. I mean, <laughs> how, much, how much can you be sure of anything, really? All right. So we got amicable. We got amiable. Giannis, people think he's amiable. This is an amicable situation. That situation post game is not amicable. No. And he was not being amiable. <laughs> All right. So keep it together. This is really an Emily department. I feel like Emily would dive deep on these words. Emily probably would have known it and then would have made fun of us for not knowing. It. Like the lamb sheep. Yeah, it's just like the lamb and sheep. You know what? She she might listen to this though. She might. Because um, I was gonna say next week we can quiz her on this. All right. I shall listen. I digress. Um he lost to Charlotte, uh, ran out of gas there. Um, I, I don't really sweat much about this loss. I, I, I thought that these, these would be reversed here, that they would lose to Brooklyn and beat Charlotte, but they split these games without Joel and, and the other guys, and I, I've got no problem with it. What do you think? The, the traveling back-to-back is tough. Like Really tough. You know, to have to travel from Philly to Charlotte, and um, you know they got off to a good start. They got worn down. They were without their three best players. I mean, they're on a short rotation. <laughs> It's really nothing to, I mean, a win is a win and the win would have been nice in the standings, but, you know, I actually was really happy with the effort and um, they got a little sloppy at the end, but it's kind of to be expected when you're playing shorthanded without your best players on the traveling back to back, like it's nothing to worry about. I, I thought really like more than anything, I, I was just really happy with the effort tonight, given the circumstances. Yeah, Furcon back out there. They really, they knocked the dust off Furcon. What do you think of that? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think he does provide something, you know, in the limited minutes he's had the last couple of games with this team where it's at, with the guys who are out. I mean, they're missing, you know, players who can reliably handle the ball. And you know, Furkan's not going to, you know, cross anyone up really, but he's a pretty stable ball handler. He doesn't lose the ball a ton. Like, he's not going to have it taken from him. So um, just a guy who can, you know, bring the ball up the court against pressure, I thought he was pretty helpful in that regard. Matisse is out now, too. Uh, he only played five minutes in his last two appearances because of this ankle thing. So I think that they're trying to also give him some time off. Bad. There's also that issue that I think he's he's still nursing. Um, so, so they're trying to really get a handle on that as well. <laughs> um, speaking of Matisse, there was a... Well, first there was an article from Shams where within it, he said that the Sixers are gauging the market on Tobias Harris in their calls around the league um, in advance of the December 15th. You know, guys who signed this summer can be traded again. You'll remember last year with Ben, it was like, you know, that date is coming up where guys who signed this summer can be traded. That date came, nothing happened. Um, What do you think with the hot stove percolating on the Tobias Harris trade front? Do you think there's any chance he gets traded this year? 
I mean, I guess there's some. I think his contract isn't the disaster it once was because as you get towards the trade deadline and you know when you know the recently signed players are trade eligible, you have a handful of teams who I mean you already do with Wembenyama coming out, but in a handful of teams who know they're not competing this year, um, who you know the Sixers have like a first round pick to offer, um, and you know they're not going to use him in a salary dump, but if they can get something back with his salary, they'll you know try to do that. Um, and it, his his contract really isn't the disaster it once was because you know if you're not competing this year, you take him on for the rest of the year. And as you get to, you know, this upcoming off season, you really turn him into assets because he's an expiring. If you're in the market to take on an expiring, his salary, you know, I'm sorry, to take on a bad contract for picks if you're really deep in a rebuild, his contract's already probably going to match what looks like a bad contract, you know, with like the, you know, obviously we've had a lot of bad contracts the last, you know, few years and, you know, Russ is going to be expiring, so it won't be him, but, you know, um, guys always come up whether it's a guy getting hurt or a guy falling off as the year goes on like plenty of plenty of contracts that you think are fine end up looking bad and um Tobias's won't really look bad as you you know if you're not even worried about the rest of the series you take him on and then all of a sudden yeah he's a big contract but he's expiring so um I think that it's probably a pretty stomachable contract for a lot of teams in a way it hasn't been in the past um so I wouldn't be shocked if he were traded but uh, you know, the Sixers are at a win now point right now, and they're not going to, you know, try to dump them during the season. So and they, they don't have a lot of assets to both get off his contract and then used, use getting off of that contract to take on someone else's salary, which will also require, you know, some, you know, some picks or some kind of trade assets. They don't have a lot of that to go around. So I think it's unlikely, but the fact you're hearing about it at all probably suggests that there's, maybe something that could happen because why else would this be talked about? You know, if you're saying, Oh, in two months, maybe Tobias is going to get traded. Like the, the team that gains nothing from putting that out there. Um, and if it's not something that's maybe likelier than I think it is, or we think it is like, I can't see it getting out there. Cause what's the point? So, yeah. I mean, cause I mean, I feel like you look at leaks, right? Like they're, they're either, you know, they either have some truth or they help the team or both. Like this doesn't help the team. Right. So I'm guessing there's some truth to it. Like if someone from the team is putting this out there, like maybe there's something there. Well, I mean, um, of course they're calling around on him. I'm sure they'd love to upgrade that spot and move the contract, but it's like, it's hard to find a deal that makes sense because they're not going to pay to get off of him because he's not harmful, you know, really. But it's just that his skill set doesn't make the most sense in that spot, especially now that they have PJ. So um, I'm sure they'd love to trade him, but I, I guess I'd still be surprised, you know, if they can find something. Cal Newbeck, you know, backed it up on that and just sort of said that essentially that that they would trade him, but doesn't anticipate sort of anything substantive necessarily, um, you know, just depending on. You know, it just depends on what's out there. Um, he said uh, he's been told there is interest. Had there has been some interest in Matisse Thibel in preliminary discussions around the league, and I'd expect him to be a rumor mill fixture up until the deadline. Uh, thoughts on that? One name that popped up today from Jake Fisher is Sadiq Bay. Um, 
uh, he said that they could be uh, available. The Pistons are really bad and might just want to bottom out here, and he's coming up for a contract. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a helpful piece. Um, if they could get him, that would be, that would be nice. Uh, I think I'm sure there would be a lot of contenders that are interested in him. So, you know, it ends up being, is someone going to overpay? The Sixers really can't overpay. Like they, don't, they even lost, you know, two of their second round picks recently. Like they don't have a lot of overpaying to offer. Right. Um, what was the first half of your question? Was that about Matisse being available? Right. And Matisse yeah. apparently has interest on the market. Yeah, great. Get him out. <laughs> great. Um, all right. I think that right now, why don't we go ahead? It's a holiday. Let's get to our predictions for next week. I tossed one more thing out there. Ten. I would love it. One quick thing. Go ahead. I would consider, consider, you play around with it, and everyone's back and healthy, starting Melton and bringing Maxi off the bench. Not, not limiting Maxi's minutes. I still want him playing a lot of minutes. He's very helpful as a scorer. I don't think this will happen, but I think they really benefit from Melton's defense. Maxi is not a good defender, and I think we overlooked that because he's adorable and he is good at other things. But next to Harden is really helpful to have a defender out there. And I think, you know, we struggle with bench scoring as is. Maxi could be really helpful with that. He could still have minutes next to Harden, but not be like the primary guy next to him in the guard spot. Um, something I think is worth playing around with at least. And I'd also like to see some uh, some three-guard lineups, whether it's Harden, Milton, Melton, Harden, Maxi, Melton, um, with Tucker or, or Harris at the at the four and Embiid at the five, I think, you know, especially with Tucker at the four, because I think he's a better rebounder and you kind of get the, you get the, um, and especially what, what they've been doing on defense with having, you know, kind of rotating Embiid to be on whoever is in the lane instead of having him, you know, dried out to the perimeter. I think they've done a better job of that, keeping him in the lane and it's helped them with the rebounding. So I think that's a luxury you have with that lineup that's worth exploring. Um, I think Melton's got to be a bigger part because his defense is something that I think the starting line has been missing a bit. So I, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, even just starting the three guards, I don't know if they're too small on the perimeter and, and fucking having Harris come off the bench and create offense. Um, and just have Tuck, you know, because then Tucker's six five too, you know. Like I, I don't know if that's too little. Um, I think that your point is probably not insane, you know, about you know, because the issue is. And I, so I want to say I love Maxi. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't mean to like interrupt, but like I love Max. This is not me hating on Maxi. I just think maybe he, in the same amount of minutes, could be with different lineups. Yeah, I think that. Because when you when you talk about the starting lineup, you're talking about also the closing lineup. So then it gets a little some games, some games. Right. I'm not saying Maxi should never close, but I think it depends. Like, is he on that night? Like Maxi well, or Harris shouldn't close. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Maxi's like... been Maxi's been a little streaky this year. Like yeah. offensively, defensively, like let's be honest, he's really not giving you a lot. I love Maxi. He's great value for where they got him on his contract. I love what he brings to the team. I love his attitude. 
um, of everything about him. But he's limited defensively. Like, if his shot's not going in, I, I do want to see Mountain in the closing lineup. Now, if, if Maxi's hot, then you talk about taking a different guy who's out of the lineup, you know, who's not hot out of the lineup if, if Melton's hitting shots that night. I just think Melton needs to be a bigger part of the guard rotation. He, he needs a bigger share of these minutes. It can't always be Maxi Harden, you know, in these big spots because I think Melton is good enough and his defense makes a big enough difference that you have Harden, you have Embiid, you have the scoring. Right now they have the top, you know, defense in the East. They've had the top defense since their one and four start in the entire league. Like, let's do what we can to keep that up. Like this, the Celtics made the finals on that identity of just being a great defensive team and getting scoring where they can from their stars. Like I think the Sixers have that option and they can't have, you know, their, they can't have their lineups be strictly all offense. Like they have the defenders to work into the closing lineup. If some of their better offensive players aren't hitting shots that night. And I think it's something we need to look into. Yeah. I think that, um, it's not a terrible idea. I don't, you know, part of me wonders, uh, you know, I, I look at that change and I'm like, I kind of end up saying, why are we accommodating Harris? Like, what is Harris doing? Because Harris isn't a defender I care about, and he's also not doing he's a, enough for the offense that I care He's about. a much better defender than Maxi. He's I a guess. much better... Much better. He falls asleep on. Yeah, yeah. He falls asleep off ball, off ball constantly. He does. No, he does. He does. I guess what I'm saying is when like you're Maxie locked in so at the end of more of games, a positive on offense. You know what I he mean? Is. But but at the end of, and listen, I I don't want this to turn into anything bad about Maxi. I just think you need to experiment with possibly closing some games without Maxi. Possibly starting sure. some game with with. I'm not saying Maxi shouldn't be playing at least 30 minutes a night. I'm not saying that at all. He should be. But with that specific lineup, like I'd like to see Maxi carry some other lineups in exchange for having more defense when Harden and Embiid are both on the floor because the more, more defense and more rebounding. Melton's a really good rebounder for a guard oh, in a way Maxi's not. Oh, yeah. and, and I think that that could benefit that lineup more of what they need, more of what they're lacking, and let Maxi carry elsewhere where you have these lineups when only one of Harden or Embiid are on the floor or if they're both off because Doc Rivers is the coach. And like Maxi can be really, really helpful in those lineups. Like let him cook in those lineups. The thing about Melton, he always is making these like little winning plays. Like he's tapping a ball to a sixer, or he's like going up for a huge defensive rebound and kicking it out. Like he's just he's he's everything that it seems like they haven't had these last few years. Him and PJ in those, you know, PJ obviously defensively and, and offensive rebounds. So they definitely need more of him and he can't be relegated minutes wise when those when they have the full complement of everybody so i think it's a great point and and you know the maxi harden pairing defensively is a is something that's an issue so especially when they play boston or when they play um uh right i mean boston starting jalen brown at the two basically Right, you know the other the other best teams in the league. So uh, Milwaukee certainly, you know. So um, they have to be cognizant of that. Now Melton's shooting really well right now. That won't last forever, but um, I'm confident that he's going to continue to like make those plays that just make the team better. So um, and I and I think you know, you know, I, I mentioned Boston earlier, but like some of the things that and hope you 
you know, that you hope Tucker does. I mean, offensively, he's been kind of bizarre lately. Like, obviously, he has barely scored, and he missed actually missed a bunch of bunnies against Brooklyn. Um, But I think one thing Melton brings, and obviously they play completely different positions, but the kind of, like, Grant Williams, what he brings to Boston, obviously at forward instead of at the guard, is like, he's going to make those winning plays. He's always hustling. He's a good defender. He's a switchable defender. And, you know, he, he, you're not going to force the ball to him and, and have him take contested shots, but he can hit the open three and, you know, maybe, maybe hit a tough shot at the end of the shot clock if needed. Um, and Melton brings a lot of that at the guard spot. And like, those are the winning players that we hadn't really had. And like, exactly. I, I like that he brings that alongside some of our better players, because I think, you know, that is what you need around your stars. And that's why some of, that's why, you know, you look at the finals teams last year and the role players they've had around their stars and, you know, they can make those plays. Well, I do think this is why people were so bullish on the offseason that, um, that Daryl had. Yeah. He went out and got Melton. He went out and got um, Tucker, obviously. And Melton wasn't on anyone's that. radar. That was, no. just... um, you know, House, obviously, to a lesser extent. I still believe in him giving up solid minutes, but um, he's less consistent than those guys. Um, but anyway, I think it's a good point and something to watch out for, just that they need to prioritize him. And and I, I know that there are people that think like starting quote unquote is less important than like what lineups play minutes. And maybe that's true, but I just think like, you know, who's playing the most minutes together and closing and all of that kind of stuff is really going to matter. So Melton has to be really involved. So, all right, predictions and we don't know standings. Emily's not here. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, it's impossible to know. There's, there's no way to scientifically find it out. I will I will say, I, I do know the standings. You do? Yeah. How? Because uh, Emma, Emily and I each went two and two this week. So we're both 11 and 11, I want to say. How do you know this? We were nine and nine. So now we're 11 and 11. Or how many games have they played? What's the, what's the, yeah, okay, so this no. Is, this is we're, a, you know, Andrea, Andrea, Andrea I, the helper is right. We were, Emma and I were both seven and seven. Now we're nine and nine. And you picked up a game on us because you had them. We had all the same picks, but you had them winning the Bucks game. You had them four and oh. We had them three and one losing to the Bucks. So you were three games back. So now you are two games back. So you're seven and 11. Is that right? That is what I think the standings are. I don't know. I was going to say I don't know at all. Sounds a little odd to me. I think we're all tied. That's not it. <laughs> all right. We're moving on. The day after Thanksgiving, um, Sixers this week play, they have uh, uh, games against the Magic and then the Magic again. They have two on the road against the Magic. Uh, the second Magic game is the start of back-to-back. It's on the road against the Magic and then at home against Atlanta. Why Why would they do that? Stupid. And then, I don't know, Wendy. Why would they? <laughs> yeah, right. And then Wednesday, the last game in November. So the guys might be getting worried at that point about how cold it's going to get in December. They play 
on the road in Cleveland against the Cavaliers. All right, so let's backtrack. This week they have four games. Three of them are on the road, but two of that is a back-to-back. How, how can I say this more complicated? First game, Orlando on the road. Second game, Orlando on the road. Third, third game, Atlanta. You are the worst schedule leader of anyone. <laughs> Atlanta, ever. Even, Atlanta, when, even on the rare occasion you get it right, you're so confused. Atlanta at home, but that, that baby was a back-to-back. And then finally, Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland on the road. So what do you pick? I have Emily's picks. Do you want to share Emily's picks first since she's yeah. not here? Emily's picks were win-loss, win-win. So she has us winning the first Orlando game, losing the second Orlando game, and then beating the Hawks and the Cavs. What do you got? All right. I'm going to say we lose the first Orlando game, win the second Orlando game, lose to the Hawks, lose to the Cavs. There's too many guys out right now. Um, Orlando is good enough that we should split, and I think the Hawks and Cavs are good enough that we, you know, that we probably don't take those games. Okay, so you've got one in three week. I have I have loss, win, loss, loss. So I think I have the inverse. Is that right? I think I have Emily and I, who are tied for first, picked all four games opposite this week, I believe. Yeah, so you have loss, win, loss, loss. Yeah, you do have that. All right, I'm going to say they're definitely losing one of these Orlando games. They're going to lose the – they're going to win the first Orlando game. They're going to lose the second one. So Emily and I are aligned on that one. And then they're going to – then they're going to – you take your time here. <laughs> be amiable. Then they're going to win the Hawks. Hawks game and win the Cavs game. I'm with Emily. All right. This has been another rollicking episode of Gastroenteritis Blues. All I can say at this point is I wish you and everyone else a very happy Thanksgiving. Be kind to one another. Don't watch that fucking documentary that Kyrie said to watch. And uh, take care. Dan, Andrea, have a nice time out there at PJ's. Anything oh, else? Happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. buddy. Uh, Gastro Blues Pod, Dan's secret account. Um, no, we don't share that. Steve J. Littman. <laughs> Uh, a third and girl, DA Pelts 13. Uh, uh, on YouTube, Gasher Blues Pod, a Sixers podcast, I think, something like that. That's uh, it. Drew, Drew is always putting out good stuff on there. You're really missing out if you're not. Always. Alive. Be safe and be great. We love you. Goodbye. See ya.
Quad 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Quad 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.